Think about four people that you might be invite, be able to invite to come and see Jesus. And I'm not going to uh, ask if you did it, but it was a challenge. And we're going to do something a little bit different today as well. Uh, where are we? There we are. This morning, I want us to be a bit mobile in the service. So it means that you, if you're willing, there's no compulsion, but if you're willing, you can get up and go somewhere where I tell you to go and then come back and sit down. How's that? You don't know the details yet, so you may be unwilling until I tell you the details. But I want to show you this picture. I want to show you this passage, first of all. This is the passage that I'm going to be speaking from this morning. How about we read it together? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. Let's read. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. All right. Welcome to those people that are on uh, Zoom this morning and joining, joining us by Zoom. Trust that everything's coming through loud and clear. Let's pray. Dear Father, this is your word. Help us to understand it, but also help us to live it out. We know that you empower us by your spirit to do the things that you ask of us. So we look forward to what you're going to do in our lives today and in the days. Here's what we're going to do. This is, I don't know if you, as you came in, if you noticed. There we are. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, everybody's been amongst a crowd of people at some stage, haven't we? Now, and I don't know what you feel when you're amongst a crowd of people or if you're looking down on top of a crowd of people, but Jesus, as he came into Jerusalem that day, he was looking at the crowds and he saw them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I've got to tell you that I'm not a fan of Melbourne. Uh, often when I go to Melbourne, I'm overwhelmed by the numbers of people in the street. Anybody here on my, my team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people feel that way when they go to Cairns. But Melbourne, there just seems to be people everywhere and, and I'm a face person. You know, I look at people's faces and there's just too many to look at at the one time. So I can imagine what Jesus was looking at when he saw the people around him harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And for me, I can understand what that's like. But you know, it's even closer to home. And it doesn't have to be a crowd that we're thinking about this morning. It could be the people in our street. It could be the people that we associate with in the community. Uh, you may know some people that you associate with regularly that would fit that description, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I know some people like that. So this morning, we're going to do a couple of things in, in this time together in God's Word. We're going to consider the people that we interact with every week, whether it be um, uh, people in our family or people in our street or people in our uh, interest groups if we're involved in a club or an association. And we're going to ask God to show us the mission that we have in our own backyard. That's the plan, to help us see the mission that we have in our own backyard. So in this first part of the message, it's going to be a little bit messy because people are going to be getting up and moving around if you want to. But up on the uh, PA desk up there, if you turn around and have a look up there, you'll see some pages. And on the pages it says, Community Groups or Associations. And, and uh, you might like to, if you want to, again, you don't have to sign your name, go up there at a certain time and write down a community group or an association or a club or uh, uh, some people that you identify with every week. 
and just put a name on there. The plan on this, the plan for this is that we might have an idea of where, where our harvest field is. Where we might have an idea of what God's called us to do as far as to be the labourers in God's harvest field. So, do you get where we're going with that? So, what I'm going to do, I'll say uh, this section one or this section two or three or four, uh, at a certain time, go up there and jot down the name of associate. There's some pens on the chair there so you don't have to take your pens with you. And then we'll put all, there's six pages around the PA desk there um, and so we can fill them up. And I want us to see the potential of what our harvest field is and to recognise that we are the labourers in that field. Does that make sense? Uh, and I can already see some people hanging on to the seats. No way am I going to get up and put anything on that. That's right. There's no, there's no wrong answers. There's no wrong answers. Okay, so you can put those up there. All right, section one, if you're willing, and I hope you are, wander over there and listen in while I'm talking. There's a story that's told of an English traveller and we're calling this message today Prepare for the Harvest Mission in Our Own Backyard. Don't you love wildflowers? Who's a wildflower fanatic? When we were on holidays travelling around Australia a few years ago, we went hundreds of kilometres out of our way to see wildflowers. Uh, Folks, don't take too long. There's plenty of sheets there. Uh, Just spread around there and write them up. And uh, and we saw the wildflowers and they were wonderful. But I'm not a wildflower fanatic. And sometimes when I'm driving down the highway at 100 kilometres an hour with the caravan on the back and someone next to me says, stop, I want to take a photo. 100 metres down the road, I stop and someone walks back to take a photo. So this story this morning is about an Englishman. He was a traveller. I'm not sure if it's true, but it could be. Uh, he used to travel through around his country, the countryside where he lived. He loved wildflowers, so he used to collect their seeds and he'd take them home with him. But he wasn't just a traveller in England. He travelled around the world and he had this passion to see wildflowers go around the world. This is before the days of biosecurity, by the way, because uh, I don't think you'd be allowed to do it now, would you? Mm-mm. So wherever he went, travelling around the world, he'd just sprinkle little uh, seeds of wildflowers along the pathways of the roads where he was going. Because he wanted everybody, wherever he went, uh, to experience the beauty of these wildflowers. Section two, if you want to go up and, and, and fill in your associations or groups, then you can move up there now because that, that uh, group's finished. So there's people here, if you want to do that, that's great. We have a opportunity to carry seeds with us wherever we go. I'm not talking about flower seeds or vegetable seeds or anything like that. I'm talking about the seed of the gospel, the seed of the good news. We have the opportunity to let people know what we know to be true. We have the opportunity to let people know what Jesus means to us. It could be in a a text that we send to somebody. It could be a phone call that we have to somebody. It could be in a letter that we write to somebody. It could be in a face-to-face with somebody over a cup of coffee or tea. Paul in Corinthians wrote this. He said, I have planted, Apollos has watered, but it is God who gave the increase. So what are we doing in our harvest field to plant the seeds of the gospel? That's the challenge for us today. The challenge is to be missionaries in our own backyard. Missionaries in our own backyard. Section three, if you want to wander over and jot some groups or associations down on those pages, you're most welcome to. These people in this section here. We are to sow the seeds 
of the gospel. We are to work the ground. We are to water those seeds, but it is God who gives the increase. It's God who takes those seeds, the, the words that we say, the lifestyle that we live, and he's the one that brings the increase in people's lives. I'm convinced that we have enormous potential in our church. I'm convinced in my spirit that God will plant seeds in people's hearts through us this year and in the years ahead and that there will be a harvest because of the people at Athenham Baptist Church because God uses us in his process. I believe that, that as we pray for family members who have either wandered away from the Lord who have, or have not ever known the Lord, that they will be saved. They'll come to that faith in Christ. I believe that, that lost people from our community, community, people in our community who have never considered who Jesus is other than a swear word, that they'll come to the reality of knowing who Jesus is personally and they'll surrender their, their lives to him. I believe we have enormous potential and we'll see that later when we go for morning tea. By the way, Cheryl, we forgot to invite people to morning tea this morning. The fourth section, if you want to wander over and write down on any of those pages a group or an association that you're involved in, now's the time for you to do that. From this scripture in, in, in Matthew, we hear an echo of what John has written when he wrote about Jesus' words. He says, in John chapter 4, verse 35. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I believe we need to prepare for the harvest. I believe God's been preparing us all our lives for the harvest of people's souls because of the experience he's given us and the trust that he's given us in himself through his word. Those fields for harvest, are ripe today. God's calling out for harvesters. He's calling out for labourers. And to prepare for that harvest, I think we need to do three things. So I'm just going to look at three things this morning that will prepare us for the, to, to be ready to be the labourers in the Lord's field, in the Lord's harvest field. We need to visualise, we need to agonise and we need to evangelise. And I know that nobody likes agony and a lot of people put their hands up when you talk about evangelism but they're just words that are catchy and I think that we'll be able to remember them and we're going to look at those three things this morning. As labourers we must visualise. When In that passage in Matthew chapter 9 that I read earlier, it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages. He went and he saw people where they were. He saw the real people, he saw the down to earth people, he saw the people that were struggling with issues in their lives. He saw genuine people where they were. I wonder when we drive down the road, when we walk down the street, when we walk up our street talking to our neighbours, do we see the real people? I don't know what your house is like, but many of the people's houses that I go to, the front yards are fantastic. You know, that's the showpiece, isn't it, of the street. The lawns are mowed, the flower gardens are blooming um, and, and they're well kept. But you know, very rarely do, do I get invited into the backyard and I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's like my place. You know, the front yard looks great, the backyard, well, it needs some work. And I wonder when we walk down the street, if all we're expecting to see is people's front yards in their lives, I'm talking about. And when in reality we know that in their backyards, the backyards of their lives, there's, it's messy and it needs some work. 
So I wonder if when we visualise as Jesus did, the people that were around him, and as he saw them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, will our eyes be opened to the people that we interact with every week? What did Jesus do? It says in verse um, 36 that that he met the needs of the people. He went teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. He saw them like sheep without a shepherd and he felt for them with compassion. I wonder if that's what we do. I wonder, wonder sometimes if we have blinkers on so that we're only doing our thing and not looking for what God wants us to do amongst the people that we associate with. He ministered to their needs. It wasn't just a new program. He was sincerely concerned for them and he wanted to see them uh, changed and then set free See them come to faith in a real God, not just a ritual God. And to do that, he needed to see them for who they really were. We need to visualise people. We as the church need to visualise that we are being sent amongst as our harvest field. How do we do that? In verse 35, Jesus recognised the mission field. It was the people of the towns where he went. Everybody there was part of his mission field. I wonder if we, when we think of mission field, we think of somewhere far away. We think of uh, Asia or we think of Eastern Europe or we think of uh, South America or Africa. I wonder if we forget that there are unreached peoples and places here in Australia and even on the tablelands. In reality... In Jesus going to all the cities and all the towns and villages, it's like us going to Atherton as our mission field or Herberton or Tolga or Walkerman or your place of employment or your school or even Big W. Anybody gone to Big W think that Big W is the mission field? Not on my radar lately. But what if God took me there to speak with one person? That's the mission field. Community groups and associations. For some of us, our own home is our mission field. Before you go to morning tea, have a look at some of the groups or associations that are on those sheets and realise that we have a broad footprint in our community as Atherton Tablelands Baptist Church. We have a broad footprint where, where, where those groups and associations are our mission field. Wherever we go is the mission field. We need to visualise people as individuals, individuals who need Jesus. We need to go with the message. What's the message that we bring? The message is the one that Jesus taught, really. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Our message is the gospel of good news, that God is with us, Emmanuel, we say at Christmas time. God among us. A lot of people think that God's up there watching over us. We have the truth that God is in us and with us and we can share, share that with people. It goes on in that verse and we'll touch on it in a moment that Jesus healed their sickness and diseases. And, and for a lot of people that was the reason why they followed him. They were looking for the miraculous. Some followed him because of his teaching but a lot of them followed because of a miracle. But Jesus preached the kingdom of God. He preached God's rule in man's hearts now. 
And that should be our message as well. That was more important than any of the miracles. He, we know that he made the blind to see. We know that he made the deaf to hear, the, the dumb to speak. But we know that he raised people's awareness too to the fact that the kingdom of God was present. I think Matthew tells us, oh, jumped ahead. That's that verse. He went preaching the good news of the kingdom. There are some people today, I believe, that are look, still looking for miracles in life. There are people today that are looking for a solution to their financial problems and that would be a miracle for some. There are people who are desperately needing a solution for marital difficulties. There are those who are facing uh, health diagnoses which are uh, life-shattering and they're looking for a solution to their health problems. Jesus can solve each of those issues But there's no benefit in being happy and healthy and wealthy if you don't know what eternity holds for you. Now, we preach that there's an eternity with God through through faith in Jesus Christ, but the alternative is a life of suffering and separation from God in what the Bible calls hell. And I wonder if as followers of Jesus, as believers, if we forget sometimes that if people don't choose to follow Jesus, the alternative is eternity and punishment in hell. Romans 10 verse 13 says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one on whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Without the good news, There's no opportunity for people to hear and believe in Jesus. Without the good news, there's no mission work. Without the good news, there's no help for those in the mission field. So it's an imperative that we share the good news with people around us. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says this, Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. It's the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Not what you and I do, but the message that we bring and the lifestyles that we share. So, the mission, the message and this ministry. The ministry that Jesus had was that of healing every sickness and disease amongst the people. In reality, what he did was serving those people that he went to speak with. Serving those people in in, in, in this particular case and in certainly the one that Cheryl read about this morning was that forgiveness of sins and healing. But there are lots of opportunity for us to serve people. Jesus came with the attitude of this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, he said, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I wonder if we have that attitude. When we visualise the people around about us, do we have that attitude of a servant heart towards them? In Philippians, Paul writes that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human kindness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's Jesus' servant heart. That's what we should have as our attitude if we're to visualise the people around about us. I wonder, 
do we do that? There's a story told of an old pastor, a retired pastor. Gee, when I think about it, I'm not far away from that yet. Uh, uh, but it's not about me. Who witnessed to his neighbour, let's call him Bill. And uh, several times he told him about Jesus. He invited him to uh, believe in Jesus. But, but Bill had no time for this retired pastor. And it came to a point where Bill told the pastor that if he was going to talk to him about Jesus, he would rather not talk rather him not talk to him at all. Maybe you've come across people like that. After some time, the pastor saw the man walking down the street. He stopped and offered him a, a ride in his car. The pastor learned that Bill's truck was not running and he's having to walk to and from work. The next morning, the pastor turned up outside Bill's house at 4.30am to give him a ride to work. Bill couldn't believe it. When, was it, when work was over, the, preach, the pastor was there to take Bill home again. When they arrived at the home, the pastor got out, opened up the uh, boot of the car and gave the parts that Bill needed to fix his truck to him. They worked together on that vehicle. The pastor shared the gospel with his new friend. A few weeks later, Bill trusted in Jesus as his saviour and Lord. Not all pastors do that, by the way. But I wonder if the lesson from that story is, this week, will we have the opportunity to show someone the love of Jesus by serving them, meeting a need, caring for them in a similar way to what Jesus did? We, we need to visualise the harvest of souls, of people that we associate with. That's the mission. We have the message Let's serve with the ministry that God gives to us. A second uh, thing that we need to do is we need to agonise. And in verse 36 it says there, when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that word compassion is, is along the lines of he poured out his heart towards them. He agonised for them. Jesus saw these multitudes. He, he had sympathy, he had pity because of their condition, they were leaderless. They were sheep without a shepherd. This world is crying out for honest leaders of integrity. Our community is crying out for honest leaders of integrity. Where should we as followers of Jesus be? But in community groups and associations where we can lead the sheep without a shepherd, just like Jesus did. What an opportunity is there for us to do that. There was no shortage of people. There was no shortage of problems. They were looking for a leader. They were looking for a shepherd and Jesus could see it on their hurting faces. Today there's no shortage of people. There's no shortage of problems. It's not up to us to judge those people but I wonder if we have the attitude of agonising over them, having compassion over them as Jesus did and then being prepared to do something about it as Jesus did. And thirdly this morning, as labourers in the harvest, mission in our own backyard, we must evangelise. Now, let me explain that. I'm saying that we don't all have to be evangelists, but we do need to be prepared to tell the good news when we have the opportunity. Verse 37 and 38 said this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
Evangelism, evangelism is defined as spreading the good news of Christ through public speaking or personal example. Most of us shy away from public speaking, but how we do life, how we make decisions, how we live life every day, the worldview that we have is a way of showing people who Jesus is. Certainly if it's based on God's word, certainly if we're looking to be obedient to what God says to our hearts and minds, then we can show people Jesus. We can go into the harvest field, those associations, those groups, those uh, jobs that we have and show people Jesus. I wonder, do you see the places where you go as the harvest field? Do you see it as ripe for the harvest? Evangelism is a necessary work. Why? because it hasn't changed in 2,000 years. The harvest is still plentiful. The harvest is still ready. The harvest is ripe for picking. We just have to be prepared to be the labourers that God calls us to be. There are sheep without a shepherd. There are people, because they don't have a shepherd, that are on a path to destruction. That's really what hell's about. But they need people, they need us, to point them to the one who promises hope, purpose and eternity with him in heaven. So evangelism is a necessary work but also evangelism is a neglected work because we're shy, because we don't have the right visuals, because we don't agonise over those people that are lost like sheep without a shepherd. It's a neglected work and we need to say, Lord, take me, use me, in the associations that I'm involved with, in the people that I associate with, use me as your labour. That has to be our prayer. The harvest is ready. In 2023, the harvest is ripe and ready for picking. But there are few who are willing to say, yes, Lord, here I am, take me. One pastor, uh, Vince Havner, pastor and evangelist, he said this, the tragedy of our time is that the situation is desperate but the saints are not. The situation is desperate, but we are not. We don't have that love for the lost as we should. I'm praying that our church, that each one of us will see the people around about us and have an a, a agonising concern for them if they don't know Jesus. Do you see the potential harvest? Are you ready to work in the field that God has put you in? Will you see what Jesus saw? Will you feel how Jesus felt? He agonised over those people. Will you do what Jesus did? He served them. When we do these things, we'll be prepared for the harvest, we'll be prepared for the mission in our own backyard. Let me pray for you today that we might be those hands and feet of Jesus as we visualise, agonise and evangelise the people around about us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you'll equip us for the tasks that you give to us. Lord, we already know the truth. We already know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. What more is there to tell people? And so, Father, we pray this week that as we really look at the people that we associate with, that we'll feel their pain maybe, try to understand their situation, but, Father, we can offer them hope as we share with them the message of who Jesus is. And Father, we look forward to seeing people, new believers, fill this place to overflowing. 
because the harvest is ripe and we are willing labourers for you in the harvest. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're on